think, well, like, I'm going to get mentored by Tim Keller, or I'm going to get mentored by Louis Giglio, or I'm going to get mentored by, you know, Bob Goff, fill in the blank of like these larger than life personalities. No, you're not, you know, reality check. But there's probably somebody in your world that is older, wiser, a couple of steps ahead that would love to pour into you. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco. Each week we share a conversation between Daniel and a special guest. Today, Pastor Daniel talks with author Brad Lominick about leadership. Brad will discuss how young people can set themselves up for success in these same areas by seeking advice from solid mentors, surrounding yourself with encouraging friends, and connecting with your church family. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and Brad Lominick with the Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. What's happening, everybody? And welcome to the Crazy Happy with me, Daniel Fusco, the podcast where we explore what God is doing at street level in people's lives. People ask me all the time, they say, Daniel, doesn't God want me to be happy? I always say absolutely, but God's plan for happiness is found in crazy, unique, surprising places. For all of you who are regular partakers of the Crazy Happy Podcast, thank you so much for reviewing it, for letting people know about it, posting up about it. I'm always so encouraged to hear your excitement about the different things that we're discussing. And also, thank you all so much for celebrating with me the release of the book, Crazy Happy, Nine Surprising Ways to Live the Truly Beautiful Life. Now, one of the things that I feel so blessed and excited and honored is when I get to have friends of mine, people who I look up to, people who I learn from, people who I just think are just rad people who God uses in unique ways. And so today I'm super, super, super stoked because my friend Brad Lominick is joining me today. Brad, what's the good word, man? Daniel, it's so great to be on with you. Listen, this is, uh, this is an honor, man. I got to get crazy and happy. If I'm going to be on, I got to do both, right? <laughs> well, listen, man, you are crazy happy because God uses you in such cool ways. Many of you who are listening, you know Brad because you've read his books, The Catalyst Leader or H3 Leadership, and God uses Brad in such cool ways. And I, I was just telling Brad before we even actually started, hit the record button, that I always love the fact that Brad is the guy who's kind of on like the front end of the wave. Before everybody gets kind of crashed with the wave, Brad knows it's coming and he's already kind of doing things about that. How do you do that, Brad? How do you pull that off? Good question. I don't know. I mean, I think I think there definitely is um, is some intentionality towards it. I think that's the word for me is I'm intentional about paying attention. You know, I mean, even practical things like if I if somebody tells me something that it feels like I should follow up on a research, I'll write it down. I'll go look at it. I'll save that link. I've always been kind of a nerd about trying to capture things that feel like that nobody else knows them yet. And so that I can almost be like the curator of the things that people need to know. And in some ways it's become a valuable asset that I trade 
as just, you know, something that people find to be helpful for them. And, but I, I don't consider myself like a trend researcher. Some people do that for a living. I just, I think I do it more just because I'm curious. If I had to give you two words, it would be intentional and curiosity. I'm intentional about writing stuff down and I'm curious about everything. Now, for people who might not know a little bit of your story, can you share a little bit about like, you know, kind of your journey over the last, you know, gosh, about what, 15 or 20 years that gets you to right where you're sitting right now as we're talking about it here in 2021? Well, there's no major in college that can get you to this seat. <laughs> I mean, there's just nothing like that they would, I wish they would create like a, a degree program somewhere that you could like sign up for, for what, what I get to do and what we get to do, you know, in some ways, the really quick version is I got connected to John Maxwell back in like 2000 and the rest is history. I mean, once I was connected to John, I was working for a small consulting management practice. I was a knucklehead. I was in my twenties. I was just trying to learn like, you know, how to keep a checkbook and I was doing work that I didn't, I didn't really have any idea what I was doing and I had no permission to even be doing it. But one of my clients was Enjoy, which was John's organization. And so I actually helped write the business plans for some of the brands that were connected to John's different outlets. And so there was this one business plan I came across and it was Catalyst, you know, the next generation of leaders. And I thought, well, this is interesting because I'm like a customer of this business plan. You know, it, actually, I say a business plan. It wasn't a business plan. I actually helped write it and came up with the marketing plan and just thinking about the customer. And, and so, you know, classically, the consultant becomes part of the team. And, and I, I joined up and then uh, jumped in and, and really led Catalyst for a decade plus. And that, that's where I got all my um, opportunities, Daniel. You know, I mean, the thing about, about leadership and even your vocation your arc is so many times it's built. It's because of who you're around. I mean, God orchestrates these, these strategic kingdom connections because I think in so many ways, like when we look back on our journey, it's the who it's always the who, who we're around, who we're becoming, but also who we're around. And so John Maxwell gave me opportunities. I ran with them the last five years. So I stepped out of running catalyst about five or six years ago. And the last five or six years, I've been doing a lot of, hanging out with teams, you know, I, I would say I'm more in the shadows than in the spotlight. And I, I, I used to, you know, put together events that would gather thousands. And now I feel like I'm, I'm hanging out with the tens who actually gather the thousands. So it's just a different season and it's great. I mean, I love it, but it's a little bit more under the radar, probably a little bit more, you know, like stage right instead of on stage. And I, I actually, that for me is, I would say, more my sweet spot. Now, there's a couple of things that you said that I want to make sure that folks who are listening really kind of take note of. Like, there's that old saying that if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And so you're saying, yep. listen, almost everything begins with like the people that you're around. And so as you're consulting, you know, and you're working with John Maxwell's Enjoy Group, and, and then before you know it, you know, things start to happen and then relationships start to build. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to think that, really like what God might have for me, I need to meet new people. But really what you're saying is that the people that you already know begin 
the journey that ends up leading you into the things that you have now. Is that something that you always kind of realized and then it kind of, you saw it come to pass or talk a little bit about that. Cause I think sometimes we have a tendency to look past the people who are around us as opposed to really investing and engaging with them, which is something I think you do extraordinarily well. Well, thank you. I do always believe that relational equity is so important, but both in terms of how we do what we do, but also in terms of, you know, how we like bring Jesus and bring the God's kingdom into the common square. And so I'm always thinking about the person that I'm connecting to that's in front of me and how do I add value, right? And how do I build bridges? How do I, how do I give them something they don't have? How do I actually like connect them to somebody that they don't know? And just this idea of being a strategic connector in the kingdom for me is really important. And it, you know, if, if people say, what do you do, Brad? You know, I, many times that's my answer is I actually like, I'm, I end up doing a lot of connecting of my friends. And the reason that that is so helpful and so important is because everybody will look back on their life and always find the mile markers connected to a who. Whether it's, again, like somebody gave you an opportunity in a job, somebody gave you an, a career opportunity, somebody mentored you, um, somebody was a coach for you, somebody was you know, a teacher, somebody like was a spiritual sage in your life. Like, it's always about the who. And this, you know, the, it, we, we ask so many questions, especially of young leaders in their 20s, of about what, you know, what are you going to major in? What are you doing? Um, what job do you have? And those are important questions. But I mean, I, I would say to 20-somethings all the time, and all of us, but especially in your first half of your, of your life, if you'll work on your who, the what takes care of itself. And get around the right who. You know, get around people that you look at and go, man, if I could just spend a little bit of time hanging around that person, I don't even care what they're doing. Because the who's will end up connecting you to other who's and then to other who's, and then all of a sudden your your what, your ultimate what is gonna is gonna find you. But we 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 spend so much energy on the what and nothing wrong with that. But I would just, you know, this the and start with why, you know, is a great book by Simon Sinek, which everybody should read. Um, but I'm thinking like I want to write the book, start with who. I think that's your next book, bro. It's Might really be. good. Might it's be. really good. Yeah. Who you're who you start with who? Uh, who you're becoming, who, who you are, who you're becoming, and who you're around. That might be the subtitle. Now, how would you, for people today, so someone's hearing this like, okay, so listen, so I get what you're saying, and I'm, I'm looking at who I'm around, and it's not pretty. It's not, yeah. they're not building me up. I'm getting tear down. And also, you know, as we're recording this, it's the beginning of 2021, which is 2020 with a brand new year to it. It's a lot of the things are the same. So, um, and people are struggling to find, you know, a place to connect. Uh, and obviously this kind of leads into stuff that me and you have been talking about. You really, you've been downloading information to me and my team here at Crossroads about this for a while. And then, you know, 2020 and all this stuff has kind of, uh, accelerated, thrown gasoline on it, you know, uh, you know, moved it forward maybe 10 years. Yep. Where do people find connections today? Well, they should be finding them in their, in their local church expression. No question. I mean, I think that is the ultimate 
the ultimate best practice and the ultimate biblical mandate. So if you're a pastor or a church leader, this is your secret sauce right now. I mean, the gospel is your secret sauce. Let me take that back. But the ability for, for you to actually meet the felt need of people who are starving for a connection, for starving for a conversation, they're starving for community. And so, you know, equally as important as the content and as the program and the message is your ability to actually like connect them with somebody else who is in the church, you know, or to actually stop and have a conversation with them. And that's what people are really starving for. So that's where it starts. I would say like, obviously then you've got your community of friends, you know, the people you do life with. And you said it earlier, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If your friends aren't leading you to the place where you want to go and that you feel like you're constantly dragging your friends in the direction you want to go, you need to get some new friends. And it doesn't mean you give up on people that you might be helping. But what you don't allow is for them to be now the source that is influencing you because we, you know, we need to be around people who inspire us and pull us up to a higher level. Um, and then, and then the third area would be like the, the mentor sage boss, you know, maybe somebody older. And one of the challenges for a lot of young leaders is they think, well, like I'm going to get mentored by Tim Keller, or I'm going to get mentored by Louis Giglio, or I'm going to get mentored by, you know, Bob Goff, fill in the blank of like these larger than life personalities. No, you're not, you know, reality check. But there's probably somebody in your world that is older, wiser, a couple of steps ahead that would love to pour into you. And so choose the people that you actually then can get advice from, can have pouring into you that are, are possibilities. And you know, if you have those three things, if you have a local church context, if you have friends in your circle who are, who are pulling you up to a higher level, and then you have um, some people who are sages you know, I think that's a pretty good like Venn diagram of the kind of connections that will help you along your journey. I think that's really powerful. And it reminds me of an old phrase that I'd heard that everybody in their life needs a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy to use the New Testament kind of analogy. So well, obviously the apostle Paul was was the mentor for so many people, obviously for Timothy. So so everybody needs a Paul. Everyone needs that sage, that mentor, right? Everyone needs a Barnabas. Now, if you think of Paul and Barnabas, they were peers. I don't think Barnabas looked up at Paul as like, oh, the apostle Paul. It's like they walked together and, and they had disagreements along the way. And, and you see that in the book of Acts. And and then, of course, everyone needs a Timothy, people who you're also pouring into. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful framework of what you're saying that, you know, if people need to get connected, the local church, that's key. Then you have your friend group who's walking through life with you. And some of those you might be pouring into, some of them should be pouring into you. And then also finding those sagacious people, whether it's in, you know, in marriage, like I know for my bride, Lynn and I, we're always looking for people when we see them interact, who've been married for a while, we're like, Hey, what's your secret? Like we right. love watching Like when I meet people whose kids are solid, who they have a great relationship. Like I remember a number of years back, I went and I taught at a friend's church in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, my good buddy, Danny Hodges. And I remember hanging out with Danny and his bride and their kids you know, and we were eating dinner together and I was just watching the interactions amongst this family and all their kids were grown, getting married, you know, all this stuff. And I said, after the kids left, I'm like, okay, what's the secret? 
I love your family dynamic. This is exactly what me and Lynn want our family to look like. How do you do it? And so, so talk a little bit about that though, because, you know, like you said earlier, you said that you're curious and you're intentional. So how can people that you have a local church, how can they kind of apply what you're talking about at street level? If they're like, man, I don't even know really where to begin this journey. Yeah. Well, let's think about the, um, just curiosity in general. So, I mean, the practical side of this is that an intentional curiosity says that everywhere you go is a classroom. And I just love the idea that the leader who is, who is humble and hungry, they walk around with sort of a literal and, and perhaps, you know, figure, figuratively and literally, they walk around with the moleskin. And they're just taking notes. Everybody's a classroom. Everywhere they go, it's an opportunity for them to learn. And just that posture of life that says, I'm going to be willing to, um, to look at life. And instead of me trying to be the expert, I'm going to think that everybody else is the expert and I'm the student. And I've watched really, I've watched the leaders in my life who I admire the most, the ones who are, who are the, you know, heroes and everybody would know their names. And they always walk into every room like they don't belong because that's their posture. Like they walk in thinking, I've got something to learn. You know, I may be the, the world's greatest leadership expert. Or I may be the world's leading theologian, uh, but they always walk in and they're looking around going, well, somebody here can add value to me. So I think it's just a posture when it comes to that. Um, and this is, this again, this is true for, if you want to connect with people, if you want to be really good at connecting with people, just ask them a good question. I mean, it's, it's one of the hacks of life. It really is. Don't worry about giving the right answer. Don't worry about being the expert. If you're really interested, you become interesting automatically. And, you know, the idea that how do I get the attention of even somebody who might be a sage or somebody larger than life, you know, that, um, well, ask them a good question. You know, you honor people when, when you ask a good question. So that, I mean, those, those are pretty elementary things, but I think they're really helpful if you're, if you're starting out on your journey of just saying, you know, how do I shift some of the things in my life to be much more of a student? And, you know, we can talk more about the, about the connecting piece specifically and practically, but I think it's got to start there. Well, and there's no doubt, like having read your books, I realized that the humble and hungry are two of your three of the H3 leader framework. So you want to, you want to talk a little bit about the third piece because you were, you're kind of tipping your hat to it, but, and if you guys have never read, you know, H3 leadership by Brad Lominick, it is a great book. I remember when I got it, it was just like, you know, plowed through it. So, you know, was really blessed by it. So it's humble, hungry. And then the third H is of course the hustle piece, right? So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And and this is where I, I like, I like it because it creates a little bit of tension for people. Because some people love the word hustle. Some people are like, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm the hardest worker on the team. You know, I stay up late. I get up early. And, and that, you know, okay, great. But it's not just narrowly, it's not just that idea. It's not, you know, because the hustler who follows Jesus, it's generosity. Like hustle is about others. If your hustle mindset is adding value to other people, then that's proper hustle. Um, if your hustle is as is, is much about rest as it is about hard work, then that's proper hustle. So 
that's where people are surprised when they read all the different habits that that I feel like are part of the hustle framework, uh, because there is hard work, there is a standard of excellence, but there also is margin. There's also Sabbath. And so it's a rhythm. When, you, when you're a hustler type of, of leader, there's a rhythm to your life that says, I w- I'm willing to work hard when needed. But I'm also, I'm, I also know that you know, my hard work flows out of my, my Sabbath. It flows out of proper rest. It flows out of proper rhythm of margin and of generosity. Hustlers are collaborators. Like they make other people the center of the story. They, they make other people the hero. They're also unifiers. You know, like at the end of the day, a hustler is somebody who brings a lot of different people to the table and allows for something better to happen because of the collective power of the group. And, th- and this is where, again, cultural hustle is all about, I'm going to get mine. It's a scarcity mindset. It's you lose, I win, or I win and you lose. And that's not what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about you win, I win. It's generosity. It's, a, it's abundance mindset. Well, and I'm so grateful we're talking about it. And I, I wanted us to get here because I realized that, you know, in some ways the word hustle in our day and age has kind of gotten a little bit marginalized in the, the day and age of like the gospel of self-care where everyone's like, oh man, the hustle's bad. But, but you like, as I, because I read H3 leadership, I realized I'm like, no, you're talking about hustle, like almost like a leopard where a leopard can go from being completely still at ease, calm, can engage in an instant, get it done. and then go back and be completely ready to do that. And so when I think of someone who hustles, cause I come out of that, you know, being born and raised in, in the Northeast, I come out of that hustle where like, you just grind forever. Like you never right, stop. Right. You know what right. I mean? I, I was talking with my kids about that. I'm like, man, when I was growing up, we just did thing to thing to thing that we never stopped. I'd, cr- I'd like fall asleep. I'd crawl into bed. My head hits the pillow. I'd be out, you know? And we were talking about how like, you know, I was raised that way and it was a good thing to learn, but I had a, the way I, I dealt with work was a little bit messed up. I didn't know how to rest. I always felt like I was like cheating. If I like, you know, if I took some t- like time off, I'd feel guilty for taking time off. And I realized that that was like a, a brokenness in the way I viewed hustle and your book actually helped because it's like, no, listen, in order to really hustle, right? Like when you think of like an, an athlete who, who hustles, right? It's like, they're willing to do the extra things that need to be done in order to win. But it doesn't mean that you're always like that. And, and you're Absolutely. saying really that hustle is really, it, 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 it's a mindset that, but it's also born out of a place of rest. It's not, it's not based on scarcity, but it's like, Hey, I can rest. I can trust the Lord. And when stuff needs to get done, I'll be there to show up and get it done. Right. Exactly. And this is why a hustler on your team, you know, the mindset of a hustler is so important is because what we don't want is we don't want somebody who is so redlined in their life. You know, think of your engine, your car engine. And if you redline your engine when you're taking off, okay, that's fine. But if you redline it like the the entire trip for, you know, 30 hours straight, that engine's gonna, gonna have some damage. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel talked today with leadership consultant and author Brad Lominek about what leadership looks like even before you're in that role. Brad encouraged young people starting out in their profession or ministry to adopt a spirit of learning. Don't be afraid to ask for a mentor, to surround yourself with encouraging friends who will support you and not tear you down. And above all, hold fast to your Savior. 
Thanks for joining Pastor Daniel Fusco for the Crazy Happy Podcast. Each week, Pastor Daniel is joined by journalist and author Billy Hallowell to discuss relevant topics, interview guests, and share the hope of the gospel message. If you'd like more information about this podcast, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified each time we post a new edition. Now, here's Josh to let you know what you'll hear next week. Pastor Daniel and Brad Lominick will continue talking about leadership when you join them next Friday. Brad will discuss where his desire to write about healthy leadership came from. He'll share how taking care of yourself as a leader will help you to pour into those around you. Don't allow yourself to burn out. Work hard, but rest in your Savior. Taking time to recharge in the Lord will give you the strength to accomplish what you need to. Well, that's all the time we have for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today. and Be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.